Rewinding. Rewinding Kaya FM on FM Rewind. Saturdays with Jenny. So now we are moving on to gardens. And Joy Parler is in the studio with me. And Joy, uh, we were just talking privately and saying that you seem to be expanding on just about every front. It's fantastic. Yeah, I'm really, really lucky in that, um, you know, as, as much as the industry has been hit because of COVID, because people are, are at home a lot more, they're requesting a more landscape design services. They just want to be able to be comfortable. And I think people are thinking if we're going to go through another hard lockdown, they want to make sure that they are working from home in a space that really makes sense for them. So that's that's fantastic. So the the because basically you are an organic gardener. I'm an organic gardener. So yes. so that sets you apart from other um, landscape other landscape yes, design and things like that. Absolutely. But I mean, what I want to talk about today is I want to talk about the soil because I know my soil, for yeah. instance, needs needs a something at least yes. lots of tender, loving care. Yeah. And we had that three that month of rain, nonstop mm-hmm. rain. Mm-hmm. My tomatoes rotted. Uh, everything. Yes. You know, I've hardly had a tomato crop. Oh. And uh, but you know what? It is an advantage and a disadvantage, but. I think look at it from the bright side, right? Um, <laughs> we what have is that? to. <laughs> we have to. Yes, tomatoes at this, and we come into the end of summer, right? Summer is the most hardworking season for any plant, and that means that a lot of resources are being used up in the soil. So when you get to the end of summer, and because you know we are gardening for food and for ourselves, it's not like it's going back into the land to replenish the land. It's coming into our table and into our kitchens. So because of that, your soil is going to need a lot of replenishing. And this is replenishing for autumn and winter season. So right now, what we're concentrating on is really looking forward and looking ahead at that first winter harvest. And that's what we're preparing for now. So your soil has gone through a lot with the summer planting and now it's time for that replenishment. Now you've mentioned you've got compost, you've got manure. Two very beautiful, very nutrient-rich organic matter. Your 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 manure is coming in with a lot of nitrogen. It's coming in with quite a lot of the nutrients that your plants are going to need. And your compost is coming in with that beautiful soil gut health, right? It's going to be processing all that manure and making those beautiful nutrients available for your plants. Now, I say it's a beautiful season. Autumn is actually a very beautiful season to garden because you've got these lovely cool temperatures, but your soil is not cold yet. It's actually still, the the soil temperatures are still very warm, which makes it an ideal environment for planting seeds and for starting up a new garden. You've got beautiful cool temperatures. You've got that beautiful rain that you've just talked about and your soil is very warm, which is an ideal gardening condition. So it gets it off to a good it start, gets doesn't it? To a good start, absolutely. But what about things like about rotation? Because, for instance, I grow peas yes. or beans or whatever it is, yeah. and then I plant things that haven't been there before. That's right. I That's don't right. just explain that for, for so, gardeners. So, with crop rotation, we're always rotating between your brassicas, your legumes, and your nightshades. So, your brassicas are your um, your cabbages, your kales, your greens, basically. So, think of them as greens. Your nightshades would be your potatoes, your tomatoes, your peppers and your legumes would then be your peas, your beans, 
peas and beans mostly, right? Mm -hmm. So those are your proteins, basically. So the reason why we're rotating between these three is so that your beans, which are really your your swell nourishing, I mean, they're lovely on the plate, but they're also the the kind of plants that will Mm -hmm. attract um, a lot of minerals and a lot of nutrients from the air that they then put back into the soil. So we're rotating between these two heavy, very heavy feeders and we're saying, okay, if we've planted brassicas this year, right, in this spot, now we're going to come in with some legumes so that those legumes can now begin to, you know, um, enrich that soil for the next harvest that we're going to put in in that spot. If we've planted tomatoes in this spot, let's plant something else that's less intensive, maybe some carrots or some beets or some lettuces that's less, that, that, that is not so much of a heavy feeder, won't put so much pressure on the soil. So it's a, it's, it's a, it's a process of controlling disease, but it's also a process of replenishing the soil and making sure that, you know, you're not exhausting the soil. Yes, because, I mean, if you grow the same crop in the same place again and again and again, yes. yeah. the, you, you, your crops will actually get less and less healthy. That's right. Yes. So, so what's happening is that that crop determines the kind of microorganisms that will live in that area. The plants will dictate um, the type of biology that will live in that area. When you rotate, you are basically increasing the diversity of biology in that area because you're growing so many things things in that particular spot. So it's very, very difficult for disease causing microorganisms to then thrive because you are constantly rotating. Now we don't have to rotate every year, Mm. but we do have to rotate every two years. Mm. Now, having said that, there are some crops that actually love those conditions where they're growing in the same spot every year. So for example, if you have a tomato patch, you realize that if you just leave it there, the tomato seeds seeds will just come up every year and you literally sometimes won't even have to think about your mm-hmm. tomato patch. It will just regenerate itself. Mm-hmm. And the but soil doesn't get tired? It doesn't get tired. But you do have to obviously then every now and then put in your compost and put in your manure. Just make sure that it's working, making sure that you know it's not getting exhausted. Now, others don't like being planted in the same spot every year. They actually prefer that rotation. What happens if you, because lots and lots of people that we're speaking to yeah. have got a small space. I'm, I garden on a very small space. Yeah. So I've, I do have to be careful about that. Yes. And my neighbours have built a very, very high wall. Yeah. And I get half the sun I used to get. Yes. So I've only got half a garden That's where right. I can plant. That's right. So I'm quite careful about about enriching the soil. That's so right. I think for you, there are two things. Obviously, it is the space issue. And then also you have to make clever plant choices because you don't have that grand mm-hmm. garden to work with, right? So in terms of space, as soon as you actually raise your garden, beds you double the amount of space that you can use it's not like planting directly in the ground it gives you you are able to pack a lot more plants in a raised bed than you would why it's just because one your your plants are not having to compete for for resources they're not having to compete for water they're not having to compete um for for nutrients because there's just a lot more you're going to come in you're going to raise it and you're going to come in with potting soil you're going to come in
and with compost, right? But then there's also the native soil that's underneath that's providing all that support. So you're almost doubling up the resources, but uh, containing it in a small amount of space. They are not having to compete for water and all of that because it's raised and the roots will grow directly down, down as opposed to spreading out. Oh. So as a, if you have a situation where in the ground, if you are able to plant um, 10 tomatoes in a maybe five square meter garden now you can plant 20 tomatoes in that same spot because you've raised the bed right then you have to think about clever plant choices now you want to go for the things that you you're going to cut and come again cut and come again in the sense that you are planting that one plant and you're probably going to enjoy that particular plant for a long time so now we're thinking greens we're thinking things like cocktail tomatoes because we can raise that and put that up on a trellis or have it you know spill over your raised bed. Would you grow that during during winter? You would not grow tomatoes during winter, mm. definitely not. But you can do stuff like aquadalsia or fava beans, right? Uh, that you can put up on a trellis. You can do things like peas that you can put up on a trellis, right? So those will be they are going to give you multiple harvests during the season. So clever plant choices, you want to go for your cut and come again and then you want to raise your bed so you can double up on the amount of space and you've got if you've got that wall and let's say it's getting some sun during the day, then you can put up a trellis on that wall and do things like granadilla vines, you know, even grape vines along that wall, even um, beans and peas along that mm. wall, so taking up that vertical space. Alright, so, so so really one of the things we should be looking at is how to, how to grow and how to plant in containers. That's but it. I'm not even talking about a raised bed. I'm yeah. talking about, about pot. pots. Yes. So, so, Joy, will you come in again and take us through that? I will love Because to. lots of people are living in apartments and they to. might have a small balcony, but they still they still can grow. That's right. And and you'll be, it's a revelation how much food comes out of a small pot. I mean, when I started out, I started out and I was living in an apartment and I can tell you the only thing that we were buying from the store was root vegetables so potatoes and onions and carrots and that's about it and maybe squash and maybe squash yeah right because they're big they're big Mm -hmm. um but we had small watermelons we had hello yes (laughs) we had small watermelons we had tomatoes we had eggplants we had all our greens and salads we had beans because we could trellis them. You just put them in a pot, you plant about eight seeds in that pot. That's your bean um, harvest for, for the winter. The exactly. For the winter. Yeah. Okay, so, so Joy's going to stay in the studio because we're talking to the editor of a really interesting book. At least it's not a book, it is a magazine. And his name is Stephen Smith. And it is called Grow to Eat and Autumn and Winter. And he is going to tell you how to plant by the moon. So we're going to <laughs> we're going to go into that. And I mean apparently it really really works that's coming up next Saturdays with Jenny Well in the studio is Joy Parler founder of Organic Kitchen Gardens and of course her fabulous new club we'll give you the details of that a little later on and now we're looking at a magazine called Grow to Eat I saw it in the supermarket and I thought "Ah, let me have a quick look and then I just thought it's got a really useful illustrated information in here and I thought that would be useful. Joining us on the line is uh, Tanya Fisser and uh, Tanya, thanks very much indeed for joining us. 
Oh, good morning. It's such a pleasure and what an honor. Thank you so much. Well, it's a, a Joy is, is smiling because it's an honor for her as well. Absolutely. And, uh, and this is just a lovely, very practical magazine, isn't it? Well, that's the entire intention. You know, we've got to make it really easy. I think a lot of instructions get very botanical and ooh, very complicated. And it's like, you know, we all just want to garden and we want to grow and show me how. And that's where we really, and we've we spent a lot of time on the on the editorial recipe, especially with the new revamp that we've, we've just gone through. And I certainly hope you've got that beautiful magazine in front of you. So, um, and that's the intention, and we really hope that folks just embrace it and, and, and get out there and do it. All right, so so you go through the top autumn tasks, which we've, you know, largely been speaking about, but I think that you could amplify that. But what I'm interested in, for the people who are listening, is your mm. moon guide. I looked at the moon the other night. It's looking absolutely beautiful, and uh, it's as clear as anything. But the moon guide and moon planting, explain explain that to us. Okay, so I am no guru on moon planting. Um, but I've got a guru in the studio. Uh, oh, you've got a, a, a moon guru in, yes. in the studio? Yes. Oh, well, then why are you asking for that? Like that? <laughs> I would not put it like that. <laughs> well, anyway, she's an organic gardener, and we are interested in the phases of the moon. Because actually, you, you are so precise with it, Tanya, that you say, for instance, um, let me just look at this so everyone can hear. Plant hot root, uh, plant hot. That's uh, hot root um, veg- vegetables on the fifth and the sixth of March. Well, we can't do that because it's gone, but we can we can still plant. But that's the last quarter, and then you go through the full moon and the first quarter and the new moon, etc., etc., etc. And you're able to give the dates, and this actually works. It does work. <laughs> I'll tell you. I'll tell you one. I, I've got a very, very good friend who um, is a bonsai guru. She's a bonsai guru, and uh, she grows, she prunes, she ties exactly according to the moon. And her results are incredible. We've interviewed um, a guy. We ran a, a piece on him in our last issue. Who veggie gardens by the moon? And I just need to look at his at his fresh veg that he delivers, and it's insane. Well, okay. So, Joy, what do you th- what do you think about this? You know, because, I mean, you, you know, you are a very experienced yeah. organic gardener. You know, I am more of a not necessarily a science by the moon, but I I appreciate the science of of planting by the moon. I think that personally, for me, I'm more into the the science of soil, the biology of soil, and how that comes about. And I'm more interested in uh, making sure that I am putting in the right amount of nutrients at the right time because that also controls so much about how your garden turns out. The planting by the moon is, you know, specific in the sense that it will tell you what types of vegetables to plant when, right? But I also think that if you have missed your chance to do that, soil is very forgiving. I think nature is very forgiving in the sense that there's still a lot more that you can do preparing yourself going into awesome. I mean, it does it does make sense to plant seeds because the moon, the pull of the moon. That's right. I mean, that's what it's about, isn't it, Tanya? Yes. Yes. But Jenny, you know what I would strongly, strongly advise if you want, because I know there is so much interest in the moon guide, because uh, the one month we actually slipped up, <laughs> we put in the wrong moon 
Whoa! <laughs> I'll be perfectly honest. Do you know how many readers we had phoning us and shouting at us? So we know there's a huge, huge interest in it. But I would really recommend, I mean, this would be a, a hot topic to get Ilona in, who actually does our moon guide for us. Okay, well, uh, you know, I look forward to you sending me the information. I certainly will. I certainly will. All right, so here we've got Moon Guides, right. and I would actually, you know what I would love you to do, Joy? Yeah. I would love you in one of your raised beds or yes. whatever. I want to talk to you about that as well. But in one of your beds, plant some onions. Yes. You know, now the time is right, etc., etc. Right. Et yeah. But then also plant on the precise days for the moon That's and right. watch uh, and compare the, difference. the yes. growth. Yeah. The because difference. that would be really interesting. That's absolutely, I think you're absolutely right. Because I think that as much as, you know, there's an ideal time for everything, mm. right? And planting by the moon is definitely the ideal time. The science behind it is strong. It's not something new and it's something that's been practiced for, for ages and ages. But yes, there's there's a real advantage in, in that. There's definitely going to be a difference. Okay. Well, you know, I'm just going through the pages of this uh, excellent magazine. And I mean, I've got just about everything for, for the next, uh, uh, well, up until June, maybe. Oh, no. June, there's even more. There's more. Yes, I've got August. Uh, You've given me a year of moon planting. So we, this is our our, (laughs) our winter issue. So it's March. um, So we go, it's April, May, June. We also touch into July. August, you do August. um, And we hit you into August. And then our summer issue comes out because we've tried to keep it very seasonal because of the vast diversity Mm -hmm. of climatic areas and zones across South Africa that we all need to to know, you know, is this magazine going to be pertinent to me if I live in Barclay East Mm -hmm. where I still get frost in the first week of December? Yes. (laughs) True story. How crazy is that? Yes, well, I, I was told that there'd been a bit of snow in Lesotho in March uh, because oh. we've had a cold snap here. But listen, I think this is a fantastic magazine. I'd love to spend a bit more time with you. But Tanya, thank you so much for joining us. and for yes, Thank for- you very much. And I'm sure to send you a subscription. And to Joy, please, I will drop you a mail and, um, and maybe give away a few subscriptions to, awesome. to our listeners. Awesome. Well, that sounds absolutely fantastic, and I would love that. So, thank you. Only my pleasure. Have a wonderful gardening weekend. Thank you very much, Tanya. You know what she's doing this weekend. I'm <laughs> ah, I, I know. I'm busy in it already. <laughs> okay. Well, I've got a bit of wine to drink as well. So, well, so. wine and gardening go oh, together. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> okay, oh, well. so this is, the magazine is Grow to Eat. It's the autumn and winter edition, and I just picked it up on the shelves of my supermarket, so I'm sure it's freely available. Well, not you do have to pay for it, uh, but I'm sure it's widely available in supermarkets. And Joy, I mean, I want to go on talking like this, so maybe yes. next time round we can take some questions yes, and uh, and answer, answer people's Absolutely. questions, because I've Absolutely. always got questions. Awesome. So whatever. <laughs> so thank you so much for thank joining you. us. Thank you very and much. And Joy, let me just... Just give the details. You are doing a course at the moment. Yeah. And it's online. It's yes. an online uh, garden club as well as a, a course. That's right. So just go along to joysgardenclub.com. Joysgardenclub.com. That's right. Thank That's the so best much. way. Fantastic. Thank you so much. Saturdays with Jenny. Every Saturday from 9 to 11 a.m. on Kaya FM 95.9. Rewinding. Rewinding Kaya FM on FM Rewind. Visit kayafm.co.za for more.